0: This is the Hidden Wire Podcast episode 590 with Karen Brown.
1: The state of your life is nothing more than a reflection of your state of mind.
0: G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast. How the heck are you? I hope you're very well. Thank you for tuning in to this interview. This is my interview with Karen Brown, and today we are discussing the power of the unconscious mind in attempts to unlock and unlimit our beliefs. Karen is an unconscious mind expert. In this interview, we break down the nuts and the bolts of the unconscious mind so you can rid yourself of any limiting beliefs and accomplish your most wildest dreams. You see, at the age of 46, She accomplished her 28-year dream and completed the toughest race in the world, the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii. Since then, she has realized through her own transformation and after discovering the keys to achieving greater success in both personal and professional life, she became inspired to found Velocity Leadership Consulting. Guys, this is a really cool interview with Karen I hope you get a great kick out of it and become inspired yourself. She shares a really cool practice towards the end of this interview as well, which I think is well worth your time to give it a go yourself. She's also got a few gifts to give you as well for listening to the show. So guys, reach out to her. Thank her for coming on the show. And thank you for being here as well. I do appreciate you guys connecting. And let's chat some more soon. Enjoy. Hello, Karen. Welcome to the In My Podcast. How are you today?
1: I am awesome.
0: That's good. That's good. What's happening in your world?
1: It is a sunny, bright, warm day, and I am living a life by design.
0: A life by design. Has it taken you a while to design that life?
1: Yes, you could say that.
0: <laughs> okay. okay, cool, cool. Um, so tell us what what do you do? You're a uh, performance coach, uh, executive leader.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, CEO of a company called Velocity Leadership Consulting, and uh, within that, I'm what you can call an unconscious mind expert, which I'll go into in a minute, in the field of leadership and professional performance. I'm also an ultra, athlete. So I travel around the world and compete in ultra endurance athletic sports. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, what else in my spare time? I'm also an author, uh, twice published.
0: Yeah. So you've got a, uh, a new book out, Unlimiting Your Beliefs. Yes. Yeah. That was just recently published, right?
1: Yes. Just this year, 2018
0: yeah. So Unlimiting Your Belief, Seven Keys to Greater Success in Your Personal and Professional Life. So um, definitely want to jump into that for the listeners today as well. Um, so you do mm-hmm. a, a fair bit there, Karen. Has this always been the case? You've always been a, a busy sort of active person?
1: Yes, uh, I've always been busy and active. However, uh, even when I was um, rising through the ranks in the corporate world and becoming a, an executive leader, uh, I found myself leading a very safe, small life and one in which I would only do what I knew I could accomplish. Hmm. Uh, if there was anything else that, you know, I would question whether I could do it or not, I would shy away from it or make an excuse as to why I couldn't do it. Yeah. And case in point, that's what led me ultimately to, um, pursue my lifelong dream, which was to compete in and finish the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii. And once I finally understood what I w- how I was stopping myself, which is through limiting beliefs, then I learned how to conquer them. And then once I learned how to do that in 2010, at the age of 44, I decided, you know what? nobody is holding me back from this except for me and I'm done with that. So I went all in and then I was able to accomplish that lifelong dream in two short years.
0: Yeah, well, that's incredible. Um, So why is that your lifelong dream?
1: Because when I would watch the Ironman coverage, this wave of emotion would come over me and I would think, what if I have inside of me what it takes to do something like that? Hmm. And what if I'm not tapping into it? What if, I, what if I'm just squandering it and living this safe, small life? And that, that was exactly what I was doing. And so I, I believe that it touched this wave of emotion in me because it was opportunity knocking at my door for the for the life that I was really looking for for what I was meant to do you know for it it was the gateway to my purpose and you know how how I'm supposed to make a difference on this planet
0: you at the age of 46 you completed the Ironman challenge the the world championship in Kona Hawaii Um, and you had that dream for 28 years so that's about what 20 18 18 years old You started having (laughs) having that dream. Is that all right? Uh,
1: Yes. Actually, younger. uh, I first saw the Ironman World Championships on TV at age 14.
0: Okay. So from there, you felt the desire to do that at some stage in your life. And at that age, did you still feel those limiting beliefs or were you aware of them or is that something that came closer to the time when you just put your foot down and said, look, I've got to do something about this, otherwise I'll never get it done.
1: Yeah, so it was an evolutionary process. So every year for 28 years, I would just happen to catch the Ironman coverage on TV. And I know there are really no accidents in this life. So I knew it wasn't by happenstance that I was just happening to catch the coverage. And what happened is every time I saw it again, The nagging feeling deep inside of me that I talked about a moment ago, where, you know, what if I have inside of me what it takes to do that? It would grow and it would just nag at me even worse and stay with me for a longer period of time. And it caused me to stay in touch with that dream more. And in doing so, I sort of had to figure it out, I had to wrestle to the ground what was going on within me, like why I was stopping myself from doing it. You know, if I felt this wave of emotion and like, maybe I did have what it took inside me to do it, but I wasn't doing it, what was going on there? Hmm. So finally I took a class actually and the class was on something else, but part of it was how to conquer limiting beliefs and just what were limiting beliefs. Cause I didn't even know what they were. And for your listeners, here's what they are. It's when we say things to ourselves like, well, I couldn't possibly do such and such because of X, because I'm not talented enough, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough support, I don't have enough money, whatever it is. And that's what I was doing. Every time I thought about the Ironman, I would say to myself, well, they're elite athletes and I'm just a recreational athlete. Like, who do I think I am that I could pursue and compete and finish in that race. Hmm. So that was my limiting belief. And this is why, uh, this is what I ultimately came to understand and why I want to share it with the world and why I have the mission of wanting to eradicate limiting beliefs and transform the world. Because through study and research and certification and more study, I've come to understand that this is a scientific thing that happens in all of our minds. We all hold ourselves back with limiting beliefs. And that something I'll take your listeners through today is actually a quick technique on how to conquer limiting beliefs and unlimit them that then opens the doorway to greater success in your personal and professional life and achieving anything and everything that you want to do.
0: Yeah, right. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting into that. That's exactly why we've got you on the show today, uh, to talk about unlimiting beliefs and, and the techniques that you can share. Because I can certainly relate. I know there's that imposter inside of me um, that obviously limits, often limits, you know, the things that I want to move towards in life. Um, as a, uh, you worked in the corporate um, world for, for some time, is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. And then uh, I, I had a transition to become an entrepreneur. Yeah and am now CEO of my own company, have been for the last five years.
0: Yeah, so when did you, oh, for the last five years, right, cool. Mm-hmm. And um, prior to that, what sort of companies did you work for? Were you in a, obviously a leadership role, by the sounds of it?
1: Yeah, so I worked in commercial real estate, and yeah. you know, back in the time that I started working in that field, it was completely male-dominated. I mean, here I was, a 25-year-old, wet behind the ears female who thought I knew everything, and I really knew nothing. Um, I just, I, I, I loved a good challenge, and uh, I was very resourceful and pretty intelligent. So I got an opportunity to jump into that field, and I grabbed it with both hands, and learned all that I could, and really loved it. Um, And and you know what? I loved the challenge of it being such a male-dominated field. I thought, you know, when I was younger, I played on an all-boys basketball team, and I was one of only two women. And I thought, I can do that, I can do this. Bring it on.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Did you feel that um, your corporate career, I suppose, in that industry – uh, limited your ability to pursue this dream of running the Ironman uh, triathlete?
1: That's an interesting question. I you're the first one to ask me that. Um, I, I think in some ways, probably um, because you know I was working in a corporate environment, and you know I think in some ways that's kind of how we tend to think, you know, or we certainly thought back then. I mean, you know, this was 20 better part of 25 years ago. Um, You know, kind of thinking within the box and, you know, let's do things in a very linear, traditional kind of way. Uh, However, the interesting juxtaposition in that is that I was challenging myself at work Hmm. and doing things that other people weren't doing and, you know, climbing the corporate ladder rather quickly as a young female leader. But I knew I could do that. Like, I could see myself doing it. Uh, it came pretty naturally to me. And it was only when I thought of the Ironman that it really took me far outside of my comfort zone. Like, I literally would get so nervous thinking about the Ironman because I didn't, I really didn't know if I could do it. I would get so nervous that I would almost throw up when I thought about it. I mean, I would break into a cold sweat.
0: Yeah. That's, um, that's powerful. That means you really need to do it, uh, I suppose. That's right. Um, yeah, it's interesting that because I guess a, a lot of people out there, um, myself included, you know, we do get so involved in our careers, but we have these, these desires outside our, our professional lives, so whether that's, you know, to run a, an Iron Man or to, I don't know, sing on stage or whatever it might be. Um, but what we find is that, yeah, that can be quite consuming that professional life. And certainly in my case in the past, it was very consuming and it wasn't so much my beliefs who were limiting, but perhaps the matter of, of time that was limiting, at least that was, maybe that is a a limiting belief. Um, so that certainly didn't, you know, doesn't always allow us that time to go out there, but I, I certainly think that if you're, uh, motivated enough in your, in your, career in your professional life, then that certainly can translate into these other desires outside of work as well. Um, but then there's a matter of experience there too, isn't there? Like if you don't have that experience in that certain field that you desire to pursue, that's that's where those limiting beliefs I feel are born from. Is that sound right?
1: Yeah, I think that that can be a factor. And let me say this about what you just talked about, I will say that for a long long time I thought that the dream of pursuing and competing in the Ironman World Championships had nothing to do with my professional life. Yeah. Like that was just a personal goal, you know, this big dream that I had, but it wasn't going to help me, you know, climb the ladder more quickly or be a better leader or make more money or, you know, any of those kinds of immediate things. And let me tell you, Lee, I couldn't have been more wrong. It was absolutely the gateway to all of those things. Higher levels of success than I had ever been able to fathom before. Also, you know, about your podcast and the the point that we're here is living your passion and your purpose. You know, I struggled for 28 years, you know, thinking that I was working toward my passion and my purpose. And I, I, I wasn't quite frankly. And I didn't discover that until it was through pursuing and competing in the Ironman. And then it flung the door wide open to the clarity of, okay, this is my purpose. And now this is my passion. And, you know, then it was like, I just had to get out of the way because there was a tsunami of, you know, success, and it, everything was easier, far easier. Yeah, that's incredible. does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I suppose that that's that's often our focus is that the the professional life, our career, uh, everything that comes through the work we do. There, there's there's a lot of tangible um, assets or rewards that can be created from that path, and those outside passions that yes, we want to pursue. Um, there doesn't seem to be any you know greater reward or, or tangible benefits that will come from that. So perhaps that gives us less motivation to pursue it. But those intangible facets of pursuing those things um, can actually help us not only in in that path, but every other aspect of our life, including our professional life as well.
1: Yes, yes. And and here's here's where the tipping point happened. I, I mentioned when we first started that I'm an unconscious mind expert. And so maybe people are wondering what that means. Yeah. And here's how it plays in. It, it's a proven fact that all of our actions every day uh, are mostly coming from our unconscious. They're not really from conscious decisions that we think we're making. In fact, our unconscious, or sorry, our conscious decisions and actions only account for 0.008% of everything we do and think in a day. So it's it's really the unconscious that's driving everything all learning, all behavior, all change, all growth. And it's absolutely through that unconscious that we can open up higher levels of success and and achieving things that we never like would have thought about just going in a linear fashion you know working through our day-to-day business thinking okay well you know today i'm going to do this and then tomorrow i'll do this and then you know by the end of the year i'll be here and you know that's going to get me where i want to go it's actually the opposite is true that if we keep doing it that way we're only going to get so far hmm. it's when we when we open up and tap into our unconscious mind that that's like the the real power source of it that's the driver of everything, and the quicker we tap into that, the the easier things are going to be, the more rapidly they're going to come, and we'll be able to achieve things that we we're not even dreaming of yet. I mean, look at look at someone like Elon Musk. This is exactly what he does.
0: It's cool, cool. I'm so eager to jump into this. I just want to go back to that that conscious um, stat that you had there: 0.008 percent of everything we do in the day is from the conscious mind. That's a lot lower than I thought. I, I used to believe it was in the vicinities of you know two to 3% of what we do every day, but that's a lot different. Um, just out of curiosity, do you know how they they measure that or how they come up with that stat?
1: Yes, it's on processing speed.
0: Okay, how does that work? So,
1: Yeah, so your your unconscious mind processes information infinitely faster than your conscious mind does. Yeah. So literally your conscious mind is sort of the, you know, the slow boat from China, like, okay, one plus one equals wait, wait two where your unconscious mind think about this is responsible for all of the automatic things that go on in our body every day that we never have to think about Yeah. movement, blood flow, heartbeat, and it's also responsible then in the same way for all of our thought patterns, which are really pretty habitual. I mean, if, when, you, when you start jumping into studying the unconscious mind, what you quickly come to realize is that our unconscious mind is kind of like the most simplistic machine that was ever built. And if you think about the energy of it, or the processing power, kind of like your cell phone battery, your mobile phone battery, whereas when you take it off the charger, it works really fast, it's really fresh, and you have a lot of life, well, your unconscious mind looks for patterns all day long, so it can save juice, it can save energy, because having to think like really creatively all day long, every minute of the day, it really zaps your cognitive power, And think about this. The last time you tried to change a a habit, how difficult was it? And how drained were you at the end of the day? Mm. That's exactly what I'm talking about because that's how your brain, your unconscious brain specifically, latches onto patterns. And a limiting belief ends up being an unconscious pattern. You get stuck in those same thoughts, which is, you know, a... um, it's like grooves on a record, on a vinyl record. Like you just keep going in the same thought pattern of, well, they're elite athletes, I'm a recreational athlete, they're up here, I'm down here, uh, who do I think that I could possibly get there? Hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a few questions out of that. The um, The, you know, you talk about the conscious mind being the part that needs to process a lot of information and it's, it's, a, it's a slower system, whereas the unconscious mind is like our automation, um, really to, as you said, save energy and, and make things uh, really smooth. What I want to know is, is with the conscious mind, is that related to the thinking mind? So is that where, you know, when we're thinking and we need to have that thought process, um, that is really the, the conscious mind?
1: Yes and no. Now we're really getting into some science uh, with that question. And just for listeners' sake, I want to define something real quick. When when I talk about the unconscious mind, for sake of this conversation, it's the same as the subconscious mind, because I get that question a lot from listeners well is my subconscious the same as my unconscious if you know how is it different and yes there are some scientific differences but it, for for the sake of this conversation let's just all agree that the subconscious is the same term as the unconscious yeah. okay
0: yeah
1: and uh, conscious thought processes first of all our conscious mind is not very good at storing information i mean it 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 only can hold 1 gigabyte of information and then it starts to go on overload and it starts to having to find files to let go of files to delete because it just doesn't have the room okay hmm. so a lot of stuff then gets stored in your unconscious mind because there's more storage there and the files are quicker to access So what it will do is it'll go up. This is too big for the conscious mind. We're going to store it in the unconscious mind. And then it turns that that memory or that experience or whatever we're talking about, that information, it turns that into a pattern. It's like, well, you know, this happened, and then we got this information, and then this other thing happened, and all of these seem similar. So we're going to call that all the same.
0: Hmm.
1: So that's how we're able to cognitively process so much more quickly in our unconscious mind. So much so we don't even realize what's happening. Like for 28 years, I didn't realize that limiting beliefs were what was holding me back from the Ironman. And I hear this from people all the time that say, oh my gosh, yeah, I've been dealing with this thing that I never knew why I was stopping myself on it. And you know, now I now it all makes sense. It was, you know, the, these experiences, these habits that were in my unconscious, these habit habitual thought patterns that just kept coming up. I kept, like, replaying that same thought cycle over and over.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I always sort of think that, you know, the conscious mind is the part that's aware. So it's an aware it, – it can be aware of the thoughts and all that sort of stuff, whereas the unconscious mind happens automatically without – necessarily our awareness is that is that right
1: i think it's partially, partially right, Lee. Mm-hmm. yeah and 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 here's what i would say uh that i think a lot of the time we are consciously aware of what's going on except when we're not aware and that probably happens more often than we think that you know we're we're thinking well i want to do this and then something like limiting beliefs or there's a number of other things that can happen come into play from our unconscious mind. And then we just veer away from the decision, you know, to do something. Hmm. And we think we know why consciously. Oh, well, you know, uh, it's not the right time for me. Or, uh, you know, I haven't been asked to do that. Or maybe I don't have the skills to do it. Well, probably if you unpack that, it's it's. Maybe some of it is, is conscious, whatever label you put on it is conscious, but what's really behind it, what's really causing it is unconscious.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I suppose the, the conscious mind or the thinking mind will, will draw on, you know, when it needs to, uh, to cognitively process stuff. It'll draw on that unconscious uh, patterns and, and stored memory and all that sort of thing.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, these are things that protect us or we think that, you know, it protects us. Like justification is a a great thing for protection. And you know what? That's actually what our unconscious mind was created for, to protect us. You know, when we were cavemen and there was a lion chasing us, you know, we had to very quickly ascertain whether... This thing that was going on was a threat to us or not. And so, if you think about it in those terms, that's what our unconscious mind is still trying to do every day, very, very quickly. So, it, yeah. it makes that yeah. determination very quickly. And then it comes out in a conscious way as justification. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. It's not time for that yet. Or I don't have the skill for that quite yet.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, and I suppose that whole awareness piece again, cause you know, we do many things, you know, simple things like, you know, if we just scratch our eyebrow, um, and so something's going on there that's, that's making that happen. Um, but if we bring awareness to it, then we can probably actually see almost what's going on with that whole movement and the scratch and, you know, why it's, why it's happening in the itch and all that sort of thing.
1: Yes. Yes. You're, you're exactly right about that. The key to it is awareness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So look, let's go into um, some of your techniques. As you said, you've, you've got some techniques um, that you can share with us to help, um, I suppose, unlock our limiting beliefs and unlimited our beliefs. So yeah, um, wh- where do we start?
1: All right, let's roll. So first of all, this works best when you write it down. Now we can digitize it later, but for the, for the beginning step of it, write it down. So get out a piece of paper, and a writing instrument
0: yep gotcha.
1: and on the left hand side of the page i want you to write down what your limiting belief is so for me it was i can't compete in the iron man world championships yep okay and what you'll find when you do this is there's not just one. There's probably more that are rattling around in your unconscious mind that you're unaware of. They're kind of like the you know, operating system uh, or a, uh, a program that's running in the background on your computer.
0: Hmm.
1: And so the point is, once you write that first one down, capture on the page any others that come up for you. Yep, because yep. there will be more. And this is all about awareness, right? So just, you know, basically when you ask yourself this question, well, what's my limiting belief? That opens up your unconscious mind and it works fast. Let me tell you, if you just, you know, like shut off your phone for one minute so you don't have any distraction and tap into your unconscious mind by asking that question, what's my limiting belief? It will come pouring out on the page. When I did it, I thought I just had that one. I had like three quarters of a page of these and they were surprising. I was like, oh my gosh, where'd all these come from? No wonder I was holding myself back, right?
0: Yeah, so just the the practice of actually writing down and getting a a little bit of flow happening there certainly can open up the gateways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so then on the right-hand side of the page, directly opposite of each limiting belief, I want you to write the opposite of that limiting belief. So it's the unlimited version of that belief. So for me, it was, I will compete in and finish the Ironman World Championships. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So then do that for everyone down the list.
0: So it's like an I can't to an I can I right. Don't, I will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then, here is the second part of it, which is the most important part, because like any habit change, we've got to make an active change when it happens, when we're in the moment. So here's where you can digitize this piece of paper, and you got to find some way to carry this with you. Because that builds our awareness of when we have these limiting beliefs so that we can change them in the moment. So you can take a picture of this and save it on your device. You can carry it with you, you know, piece of paper. You can put it in your journal, carry it with you. Whatever it is, whatever method works for you, carry this with you. That will create a level of awareness so that you realize now when you have these limiting beliefs when these thoughts come to mind. Hmm. And here's what you do in the moment. When you have that limiting belief, like that first limiting belief that I had, who do I think I am? I I can't compete in the Ironman world championships. You catch yourself in the moment. And then to rewire that thought in your unconscious mind, you're going to verbalize the unlimited version of that belief. I will compete in and finish the Ironman World Championships. Yeah. And by verbalizing it, we actually start to rewire that connection in our unconscious mind. And let me make this really clear. This is not to say that you can just walk around, you know, and (laughs) verbalizing these unlimiting beliefs and then poof, you know, they'll magically, you know, happen. That's not what I'm saying, you know. The, the, the power the of other, the
0: universe,
1: huh? Right. It's actually the power of the unconscious mind. But you know, then the, the step after this is that you have to do what it takes to get there, right? Yeah, I mean, take the action. Yeah, you're going to take the actions. But what I'm saying, the reason this is scientifically proven to work, is because it taps into the power of your unconscious mind. It changes that habitual thought pattern that is a limiting belief and opens it up to be an unlimiting belief so that then you make it easier for yourself to do what it takes to achieve that thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have to go through two or three workouts a day. And let me just tell you this. I was not a triathlete. I wasn't a swimmer. I didn't own a road bike. I mean, I was probably the least likely person that you could identify to do the Ironman World Championships.
0: So for that 28 years of that dream, you never had like those things? Like you, you weren't actively involved? It was just a dream? Or did you in some part, you know, practice, you know, swimming or riding a bike or anything like that?
1: Well, I was essentially a, uh, I was an active person. I was mm-hmm. athletic and I was essentially a recreational runner and mountain biker.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: So I, I knew how to ride a bike, but you know I, I was not a uh, what you would call a road cyclist. I didn't have that kind of bike, and I was never very interested in swimming. And it was just there was something about the Ironman, you know, like it was this um, quintessential test of human endurance, and yeah. that that just appealed to me like no other. You know, the, the swimming, biking, and running was just the vehicle, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. That's quite amazing. So how long did you, did you sort of train for right up until that, um, that day?
1: Well, first thing I did was hire a coach, and it, that was no small feat. I mean, I had to talk this person into taking me on because in the triathlon and Ironman world, I was a super no one, right? I mean, what coach would want to take somebody like me on and, you know, bet on me? So I, I talked this person into taking me on, who was number three in the world at the time and who had um trained many athletes to get to the world championships, far more talented than I am. And uh in that two years, you know, I had to ramp up from basically being uh an athletic, you know, an athletic active-minded person that went to the gym five days a week and maybe mountain biked on the weekend to Someone who had to get up at 3.30 in the morning so that I could go to the gym and complete a swim and probably a bike workout before I even went to the office. And then after I was done at the office for the day, I probably had a run workout to do. Then I would have a couple of strength training sessions every week, a yoga session, speed work. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. So at my pinnacle, I was working out 20 to 24 hours in a week.
0: Yeah, wow. That's huge. So tell us, what what is the Ironman? What, what does that involve?
1: Mm. That is 2.4 miles of swimming in the glorious ocean, followed by a 112-mile bike ride, and finished off with a 26.2-mile marathon.
0: Right. I've got to convert those all to uh, kilometers. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's, uh, that's, that's incredible. What, um, with that, the whole, you know, tapping into the unconscious mind, I mean, it is quite a process. And, and for me, you know, just when you were talking about it before, you know, when you catch yourself with that, that doubt or that imposter or that, um, limiting belief coming in, that's a moment of awareness. Yeah. Like that's, that's a moment where you need to just pause and go, Hey, there it is. And then tap into the unconscious mind by changing those patterns by using the unlimiting belief, um, uh, that you mentioned through that practice, which is great. Now that's obviously a a thing that takes a fair bit of time in your experience doing the Ironman. Like, I mean, is that something that you consciously practice every day? The affirmations of, you know, I can do this. I will, you know, finish the Ironman, uh, championship.
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, so what happens after you conquer limiting beliefs and transform them into unlimiting beliefs, then the next thing I find that works really well, and this this is a, a ritual that I do that really serves me at a high level, which is I tap into the dream every day, multiple times a day, which is to simply say that I tap into what achieving whatever dream I am pursuing will look like, feel like, and sound like when I achieve it. So case in point for Hawaii and, you know, even a, a current race that I'm preparing for, which is a 120K trail race through the Italian Dolomites in June, which you can relate to since it's in Ks, right? Kilometers?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, what I, what I do every day, multiple times a day, is... I will just l- literally visualize what it will look like and photos of the venue help for this. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is also stuff that you can conjure up in your own mind. You know, what's it going to look like, feel like, and sound like to accomplish that dream? Mm. And, you know, it it's another scientifically proven technique because it it opens up your unconscious mind through those receptors, I'll say. You know, what, it, what in your mind's eye it will look like and what it will feel like. Like, what will the air feel like on your skin? Um, you know, I, I, could, I could hear what the finish line would sound like in Hawaii. Hmm. And I can, you know, I can hear what the finish line in Cortina is going to sound like. And I just keep tapping into that, tapping into that, because here's what I know is true, that whatever we're pursuing, we're going to run into challenges. And when we've tapped into the dream, if you will, it makes it so much easier to get through those challenges. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was just training for a race that I did on Saturday that was in Los Alamos, New Mexico, that was very, very difficult and more difficult than I thought it would be. And this race that I just did that was very difficult is just a stepping stone to this big race in Italy, in Cortina, in a month. And honestly, thinking of that big race in Italy, what it's going to look like, feel like, sound like, is what got me through the more difficult than previously thought challenges of this race this past weekend. And it's the same thing, you know, in our business life in you know any any other dream that we tap into it is it is what delivers us through those challenges
0: yeah so i mean that's a practice you know that you know tapping into the dream or the visualization sort of process um that you know so many successful people in all um, walks of life sort of claim to do they actually go into that visualization and really see themselves there. And i guess it's a way of tricking the unconscious mind, isn't it? So there's less uncertainty. And when there's less uncertainty, perhaps that allows us to take our our, uh, well, knock, knock the limiting beliefs on the head.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right. Lee. Yeah. Because then it's not a, it's not a foreign new thing to your unconscious mind. Cause remember at the beginning, we talked about your unconscious mind looks for patterns. Yeah. Looks for habits And so the more often you tap into the dream, you're creating that, that habit, you're creating that, that habitual thought process. So your unconscious mind recognizes it and goes, Oh yeah, there's that. Yep. Yep. We know that. Yep. That's what we do. And then the other piece of it is that we start to internalize it. We start to identify ourselves within it so for me Iron Man and with this trail race you know uh, in in visualizing it and feeling it and hearing what it's going to sound like that is who I am yeah. I see myself doing it and then that's who I am yeah so it, it, you know it's it's almost like I couldn't I couldn't stop it you know if I wanted to then you know it's like I better just get out of the way and you know do what it yeah. takes to get there because it's coming.
0: That's awesome, um, and so that's something you've obviously practiced daily, really putting yourself there in the zone. Yes. Yeah.
1: All the time, and you know what? I'm going to say this, and I don't, I don't care if it's not a good thing to say or not. Um, I do it a lot while I'm driving because it's it's something I can do, and I'm I'm you know it's not a dangerous thing. It's not like texting and driving, but uh, you know it just it allows me to tap into that dream. And I don't have any distractions, really.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of like, you know, when you say that, <laughs> maybe it does sound a bit dangerous, but it's 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 not. And I think a lot of us could relate to that. I, I certainly know that sometimes, you know, if you have a lot of driving and commute, you know, time, that's that's sometimes where the best thoughts can come from and the visualizations of the dreams and, and yeah, all that you desire, you can, you yeah, you can um, sort of meditate on that while you drive. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of scary. Yeah. But,
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and here's another ritual that that has served me at a high level for a long time. Yep. When I wake up in the morning before my feet hit the hit the ground, I tap into this dream, this visualization. And then I do the same thing at night. You know, as I'm dozing off, I tap into it as well. Yeah. It's also a great thing to do while you're exercising. You know, if, if I'm training, obviously, that's when I'm doing it at a really high level, you know, picturing myself running through the Italian Dolomites or swimming in the ocean in Hawaii. Yeah. It's yeah. That.
0: I used to do, I do it when I jog, uh, certainly, you know, focus on those things. And certainly when I swim too, if I'm really focused wow. on challenging my swimming technique at the time. Uh, sometimes I visualize like I'm at a world championship. I'm, I'm at the lead and it's the last lap and uh, it sort of gives me that energy too. Uh, push that a little bit harder. Um it sounds funny, but it's really good it works. Feels good too. Um cool. I've got a bunch of questions to ask you um before we wrap this up. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on um about unlimiting beliefs before we run into these questions?
1: Uh I would just say apply them to everything. Like don't don't relegate them. To you know, just your big dream, or you know, one specific thing that you want to accomplish. It, it these are scientifically proven, so use them, apply them in every corner of your personal and professional life because they will they will work really well for you.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a great practice. How do you? I suppose the the thought that I'm having right now is that someone will take this away you know, write it down, maybe go through the activity and it'll stick around for sort of a week, but then maybe vanish and, and they won't keep practicing it. How do you sort of encourage people to keep, you know, keep the practice of that?
1: To do the second part, which is tapping into the dream. Hmm. Because w- when you tap into the dream, also those powerful emotions are going to come up. Yeah. You know, some, something that connects you in a really powerful way to what you want to accomplish. And you know what? Quite frankly, if, if those emotions don't come up, it's, it's not the right dream. Don't pursue it. it, it it's not going to work out for you. Pick something that, man, it is so big, it is so heady, it is so outrageously, ridiculously big that it, it, it causes you to almost throw up. When you think about it, and it, it brings up these significant emotions. I mean, I would literally start to tear up when I would think about the Ironman. And I do the same when I think about this race in Cortina. I start to tear up.
0: Hmm.
1: So, yeah, that, that's how you know you're on the right track. And if, it, if it's still empty, uh, I, would, I would wager it's not the right thing. Maybe find something else.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And I, I sort of talk about that a lot and write about it a fair bit. You know, if it's not something that really keeps you enthusiastic and eager, um, then perhaps it's not the right thing for you. And, you know, um, a lot of people say, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no. So um, yeah, it's a really, a really important right. point. And I think it's sometimes why it's necessary, depending on, on the dream or the desire to, you know, sit on things for a little bit longer. Don't make rush decisions. Maybe, you know, have it for a couple of weeks in the back of the mind and think about it, think about it, think about it, and then see how it feels at the end of that week. And if it's not the same sort of feeling that you had at the start, then perhaps it's not the the right thing. And, you know, um, assess, assess and search for something else. Um, yeah. Interesting stuff. So look, what rituals or routines do you believe contribute to your success? And I know you've mentioned a few already, but just any, any one particular one that stands out.
1: Yeah. You know, besides the ones that I've already mentioned, the other one that really serves me well to live a life of success is to continually expand myself. And, you know, I do these, I do this through these, you know, big athletic endeavors that I pursue and achieve. Um, I also do it in other ways like uh, reading, you know, I love to read new content, challenge myself in that way. Uh, Even, Case in point, uh, I don't have a green thumb. I'm pretty sure I have a brown thumb. And I've never enjoyed working in the garden or anything really like that. You know, if I was outdoors, I was doing some sort of athletic thing. And so I just yesterday finished putting in an organic vegetable garden. And let me tell you what, it has been a constant expansion of myself. I've had to learn things. I've had to get my hands in the dirt. I've had to you know, educate myself about how things work and ask for help and utilize resources. It's really been another expansion. So uh, that's what really serves me well is just continuing to find ways to expand myself because it, it translates into everything else in my life and in my work.
0: Yeah, it's a great one. I think definitely something that everyone can take away. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self?
1: I would say, live to my own expectations, and stop lying to myself. Like uh, I, I think that something that I allowed to hold me back for a long time was other people's expectations. And quite frankly, uh, I always had this, like, this weird feeling inside when someone else would tell me their expectations of something, because it, in my own skin, it felt too small. And yet I found myself holding myself back because it felt safe and I knew I could do it. But it, it you know, it was years later that I realized, you know what, uh, I I need to go big. Bigger is always better for me. And, you know, that that's my litmus test. When I have that feeling of, mm, yeah. this doesn't really feel right. This doesn't feel good. It's It's not the... Hell yeah. It's it's kind of a uh, no, nah, nah, not really. Mm. I don't think so. That that's when I go, "Okay, I'm not thinking big enough." So live to my own expectations. Set my own expectations. I don't care if people are going to laugh at them. Just set my own and then, you know, just stop lying to myself that it's okay that, you know, I'll live to this other person's expectations.
0: Yeah. How do you define success?
1: Being happy and fulfilled by living my purpose and passion every day. You know, I think um, this is something that took me a while to learn as well, you know, that happiness was a pursuit, you know, and that it was a destination rather than, uh, you know, a daily thing that I could have. Yeah. And I, I had it backwards, you know, that by living my purpose and passion every day, I'm happy and fulfilled every day. Honestly, it's, it, if I'm frustrated in a day, it's because I haven't done something to live my purpose and passion.
0: Yeah, really good. Absolutely agree. What technique, skill, resource, or anything else do you believe has helped improve your effectiveness or productivity the most?
1: Oh, I love this one. Uh, do the hard thing first.
0: Do Brian's the hard idea. thing
1: first. I don't even know who said it. I said it. But, um, yeah, when I do the hard thing first, everything is easier after, no matter what. And if I flip it around and I'm like, oh, but I got to do, you know, these three other things that are going to lead up to that hard thing and I'll do that hard thing right then, No. It never goes as well. I procrastinate. I put it off. It takes 10 times longer than it ever should. And in the meantime, I built it up to be so big and so difficult that it's like slaying the dragon. Hmm. So if I just do that hard thing first, yeah, it's just boom. And then it makes everything else after
0: easier. It does indeed. I absolutely agree. Here's some quick Mm -hmm. round questions. What meal... Um, if it was your last meal, would you be served or wish to be served?
1: Oh, goodness me. Well, I'm going to sound like a total geek here, but this is probably where I am in training. Now, I like a good glass of red wine. I like a really good meal. I'm a foodie at heart. Uh, and where I am in training right now, my body craves something called green smoothies, G-R-E-E-N, like green, you know, green leaves. So there's a book by, um, uh, I don't remember the author's name, but it's called Green for Life. And this was a key that I learned to great performance when I was first pursuing Ironman. My coach actually told me about it. And really, I make green smoothies myself in the Vitamix. It's um, uh, unsweetened almond milk and three parts greens, two parts fruit, and a couple of scoops of plant protein. And my body just can't get enough of it right now because it, it's like my pure fuel. So right now, if you ask me what my last meal would be, I'd probably say that. Green smoothies. Um, awesome. Green smoothie. I know. Doesn't that just sound so terrific? I mean, you open that thing up and it looks like the underside of a lawnmower.
0: Yeah. So you're <laughs> a very active person. What sort of activity gives you the greatest sense of joy?
1: You know, it's, it's whatever I'm pursuing at the time right now, even though it's a huge challenge and I'm, I'm playing with that fine line of being, you know, burned out on it. It's trail running. It's, it's ultra endurance trail running. Um, I still have a great love for Ironman and even Ultraman. There's something called Ultraman out there that's even bigger than ultra than Ironman. Mm -hmm. It's a three day, 320 mile triathlon. Um, so I, I would say, uh, you know, whatever I'm doing at the time, I would also love nothing more than to go for a fun, long mountain bike ride. You know, like I used to go, go on when I was a rec athlete. So,
0: okay. What, uh, book would you pass down to your children or future generations? One book.
1: Oh, one book. That's so hard. Um, I'm going to say born to run. By Patrick McDougall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll stick that in the show notes and I'll stick your book in there as well. If you could tweet or text a quote or message to everyone in the world, what would that be?
1: It would be, the state of your life is nothing more than a reflection of your state of mind. Who's that boy? Dr. Wayne W. Dyer. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Cool. I like that one. And do you believe we all have a purpose or a hidden? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Honestly, I believe the, the why the, the hidden why is the propellant within big dreams. They, they provide one of the key ingredients to doing whatever it takes in the face of challenges to achieve your goals and dreams and to reveal, you know, your purpose and your passion. Um, you know, a friend of mine said, Uh, you know, if you ask the question, or if you can answer the question, what do you want someone to come away with after they've crossed your path? I think that leads to your big why. And it it certainly did for me. Hmm. Yeah. What do you want someone to come away with after they've crossed your path?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, I, uh, for a long time, you know, I thought my why was just to, you know, make as much money as possible. And, you know, have great experiences and travel the world and, you know, do all these selfish things that I wanted to do. And it really was through that evolutionary process of the Ironman that I came into touch, into clarity with my purpose, which first was to have a positive impact on as many people as possible. And then through that two-year period with the Ironman, I came out the other side of that to realize My actual big why is to eradicate limiting beliefs and transform the world and help people realize their true potential in life.
0: Yeah, great mission. What um, do you believe is the underlying motivation behind everything you do?
1: The underlying motivation behind everything I do is honestly to help others. Yeah, I I can say my best, most fulfilled, happiest days are when I've helped someone else. When, when I've just been in my own skin all day, and, uh, you know, I I don't feel like I've, I've helped anyone else, or been a help to anyone else. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe that was a a lost day, like, ah, kind of like burning daylight, like, you know, oh, I wish I I wish I would have helped someone today
0: yeah I get that a lot actually a lot of people say the same thing serve to help assist others mm-hmm. etc so really powerful stuff Karen it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today um, I know you've got the website velocityleadershipconsulting.com so that's your business um, there so people can reach you through that platform how else can people best reach out to you thank you for coming on the show
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I've got a special gift, an exclusive gift for all of your listeners, because oh. I knew I was coming on the show, and I wanted to prepare something really cool for you guys. So what I've done is I've put together five really quick videos that are my best stuff. It's a playlist of how you do these techniques, these you know, seven keys to greater success in your personal and professional life. Yeah. And if you go to velocityleadershipconsulting.com, forward slash hidden why they're all yours for free
0: excellent thank you that's yeah awesome I'll stick that in the yeah. show notes guys the link there as well so uh, check it out at the hidden why.com
1: cool yeah and you can also get a hold of me on that same landing page you know there's a, a button where you can um, chat with me if you'd like or start a chat or whatever so yeah just one-stop shopping easy way to get in touch
0: <laughs> that's cool I love it. It's been an awesome conversation. Thank you for coming on and well done to your newest book as well. Um, Guys, I encourage you to go out there and pick up a copy. There will be a link in the show notes if you'd like to support me and The Hidden Why. You can use the Amazon links within uh, to purchase your books, etc. there. Uh, Karen, thank you.
1: Thanks so much, Lee. Man, this was fun. Thanks, everyone, for having me on.
0: Thanks, Karen. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon